damn it, we're running out of time. Welcome to the 24 podcast, an officially unofficial podcast for Fox's 24 miniseries, Live Another Day. So Jack Bauer, Power Hour. Jim Jones, what did you think of this episode? Uh, I thought it was as crazy as every other 24 episode I've ever seen. Maybe more so in some spots. <laughs> I do feel like... By the way, I'm your host, Aaron. That's uh, Jim. Yeah, I'm Jim. Little little discombobulated today. Uh, again... This just the massive time crunch that we have here in twenty four. That now that we're just twelve, I think that's driving the plot at a breakneck speed. What is driving the plot? The fact that they're doing twenty four in twelve hours. Oh yeah, yeah. And we uh, still haven't seen one of the uh, fabled jumps in time. We've, no. we've been real time for the mm-hmm. first three hours. Yep. I feel like in previous seasons they would have strung out the Yates deal. For like another four or five hours before he got offed. And this sure. is just like red herring executed first two hour episode. <laughs> We're just burning through, you know, that 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 street punk they picked up and kinda tortured by proxy this episode. He would have been around for two or three episodes, gone. Uh it's just super fast. Everything's moving at a breakneck pace. Sure. I didn't expect the president to already be at parliament. <laughs> My God, this man is a fucking idiot. Like I get <laughs> okay. that he, I get that he's got some dementia and Alzheimer's, and I kind of feel bad about making fun of him. But every time I see him up there in front of a podium, I think of Lloyd Bridges from Hot Shots with the handkerchief going between his ears. Like, <laughs> have my brains replaced PVC tubing back in Nam? He just got this dopey, empty-eyed grin about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I also feel like, because I, I remember seeing him in previous seasons, it also felt like he was, you know, playing that up this season because he's supposed to have Alzheimer's. I think maybe in previous seasons he was a lot more sharp, and so he's really trying to work that angle as an actor, and it's kind of paying off, right? Yeah, I don't remember him being this dopey as the Secretary of Defense. Yeah. In fact, I kind of remember him being somewhat patrician and snoble. But mm-hmm. then again, that's like seven, eight years ago. Who the hell knows? Sure. A um, couple of interesting things here. Uh, it looks like that Kate and Chris Parlow, which I don't even know what his name is. He's the uh, black agent that is uh, forever in Kate's wake, apparently. Yep. Don't know his real name, but I'm calling him Chris Parlow until I get this. In fact, we're probably going to be making up nicknames for a lot of these people because I oh, yeah. am, I, I'm just r- trying to roll with the punches until I get the names down. It looks like they're just continually on the brink of being disavowed by this Navarro guy. Yeah, it's only... I mean, it, it goes the same for every character in the show. It's only the fact that what they do works that they yes. aren't immediately just shot into orbit. Like, yes. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know when you're playing a video game and, I don't know, like Ninja Gaiden or Castlevania, mm-hmm. and when you beat the game... Your main character is basically the survivor of every alternate universe where you fell into a pit or got hit by a zombie or you got gunned down or you got a falcon knocked into a chasm. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's the thing. Like Jack Bauer and Kate live in this universe where every time they make a crazy decision, the one in a million chance it comes true, it fractures the universe and they go down that path. Yeah, yeah. And and that – we are just following – in a million other universes, she abducts a British citizen. She's picked up by the police or by MI5 or whatever. Or she gets nothing and her boss grills her. And she gets she rots in a federal prison. Yeah, yeah. But or, that's no Or fun. an English prison. Or an English <laughs> yeah, prison. Yeah, right. 
Um, I, I just, again, it just is hilarious. They got these people lined up and they're like, uh, she, this guy's got like a, a scratch on his throat. Mm-hmm. And she goes, Hey, that could turn into a swollen hematoma and you're going to choke to death in your own bloody vomit. And he's like, okay, I'll start telling you my state secrets. Yeah. Every every intimidation tactic, every piece of torture, it all just magically works in this episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was just a goon, but it even worked on his boss right away. Right. Like she chucks him in the back, and he's like, "Yeah, I ain't, I ain't talking to you. I ain't telling you nothing, Yank." And she happens to somehow know that he's got this intimate history with this one particular gang, and she knows where in the middle of the day, it's one o'clock in the afternoon, yeah. that these gangsters are going to be hanging out at a club underneath a bridge interpass or something, mm-hmm. and within 45 seconds has him singing whatever he knows. And I thought it's funny because all he really knew was that Yates was working with the remote test piler guy, who I believe is Tanner? Uh, yeah, the, the the military guy who was flying the drone when it went crazy. Yeah, it's Tanner, Tanner. So this torture-by-proxy routine get, generates the fact that something that the, I don't know, that Yates and Tanner are working together, which I guess is a clue because every, everyone that's official thinks that Tanner just lost his mind and killed all those people. Yeah. Uh, also, did we... I didn't follow that he was based in England. That who was based in England? Tanner. Because they're hauling his ass. Oh, no. I, I didn't think he was. I thought he was based somewhere else, and they were they shipped him overseas to there, stand before Parliament. But there's there's no fucking way they can get him from the United States to overseas oh, in, a couple hours. <laughs> in, in less than an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I figure Good he point. has to be based in London, but isn't hmm. the whole plot the fact that they are trying to get a remote drone base somewhere in England? That's what I thought. But they already have a remote base somewhere in England? Maybe the, he was it on a ship? It might not be that. There's something with China involved, and they're trying to get a base somewhere, but the Chinese are putting pressure in the area to mm. keep the Americans out. Mm. I don't know that they're trying to get a base in London or in any of the UK. I think it's somewhere near the Middle East. Mm. Oh, so what does England have to do with it? Uh, well, they're allies, and I assume they need them to sign some sort of like treaty or something uh, to go along with the base. To just allow this to happen? Yeah, mm. like, I, I don't know. I think this was all mildly explained in the first episode or two, but I don't remember much well, of it Well, the either. explanation for why I didn't retain a lot of that is that was Cinco de Mayo. It was, yeah. And I had lots of celebration in me. Uh, so I, I found myself the first 15 minutes, like what the hell's going on? The main plot of what Jack Bauer's trying to do, I get like, there's some kind of top secret black box that Catelyn Stark and her daughter have stolen. Uh, Catelyn Stark is pissed at the president because he ordered a drone strike that killed her husband. Mm -hmm. And now this thing can, for some reason, control up the 10 drones that have six hellfire missiles all together. And, oh, my God, this is going to be uh, a nightmare situation with these things rampaging in London if it, unless Jack Bauer stops it. Yep. But it's funny because, you know, we got the official CIA slash CTU. Um, Kate is tracking down Jack Bauer thinking that he's behind all this. Yeah. And Jack Bauer's That's just, how it usually goes when Jack Bauer's on 
but he's uh, on the run. He's completely gone rogue, and he's got his friend Chloe, and she's got some kind of Snowden secret cell of WikiLeakers that that also can just hack into government databases and give people high level clearance at a moment's notice. Um. Speaking of these guys, it looks like that Jack was going to once again extort them to help, but at the last minute, they fucked up his credentials so he would be arrested. Yep. Is Jack Byer going to have to choke this bitch? Probably. Uh, it doesn't seem like he's being very cooperative. His, he his said please, please did not work. Yeah, yeah. He Jack Byer said please. I, he could have just easily pistol whipped him. Sure. He probably will this time. Um... I thought it was a little extreme that Jack Bauer just starts kneecapping fools to cause uh-huh. a distraction. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're outside the American embassy. Who knows who's shooting there? The Americans, the English. He just yells, they're shooting at us. Uh, I mean, that, and, and then he leads an angry mob <laughs> into, I presume it's the U.S. embassy. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Uh, and the, which is where we end the episode. Uh, I, I, mean, I get he needs a distraction. And he's to get in there, but oh wow, I've never seen him just have such casual disregard for civilians before. Yeah, maybe he just only cares about Americans. Apparently so. Fuck um, the Brits. Yeah, it's weird when they're talking about the attack that already happened. It, they say it killed thirty six English. They mention nothing about the native people there. Right. It's like, oh well, the English died. We can't have that. <laughs> Uh, the other thing I want to talk about, um, and may, maybe just ask you what you think is going to happen with Heller's parliament speech is not going well at the very end of this episode. Uh-huh. Do you think he's going to pull it out? He's just going to turn and walk slowly away from the crowd, mm-hmm. stick up a finger, and mention the wrong person's last name, <laughs> last name, and everyone will be stunned into respectful silence. Uh-huh. I, I mean, this guy's gasping like a landed fish. But this is classic 24. Put him yeah. in a crisis situation and watch him win over this hostile crowd of British politicians, which I don't – that might be – if they do that, it might be the most incredulous thing I've seen in 24 history. Yeah, talk about the situation there. I mean, I, I've – I think it's hilarious and awesome the way British politics works uh-huh. because it's like they sh- they call each other everything short of their natural-born names – I mean, I, the only experience I've had with it is watching whenever, like, a poor prime prime minister is drugged before Parliament or he addresses it, and they always show it, like, on a Daily Show yeah. or on a Colbert Report. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like it's uh, uh, crazy. Like, people are standing up. People are shouting. Uh, people are being bitchy to the prime minister, openly hostile. He's giving it right back to him. I, <laughs> yeah. It is incredible. It really is uh, a far cry from what you see on like, so what is it? CNBC here, with C-SPAN, C-SPAN here with the uh, Senate and the representatives in our country. It's but I don't know completely I mean, different. I, I think I, I wonder. I'd like to hear from a British citizen about what they think about this because maybe we're just seeing the one percent of the time that things are really exciting. Sure. Yeah. You know, um, and we're not seeing the stuffy stayed proceedings that most most of the time happen because there's every once in a while things get fairly heated in the Senate and in the House of Representatives. True. But, you know, if you're watching C-SPAN, it's mostly boring bullshit. Uh, so this terrorist family head by 
Catelyn Stark, and her daughter is some Euro trash name like I don't know Cassandra. I haven't really gotten her. Yeah, the the double agent. She's uh, I know her because she's got a very whispery, just a hint of eyebrow. Okay, and they're like yeah. natural. They're not like she shaved them off and drawn them back on. She just has like three or four hairs that make up her eyebrows. <laughs> she's married. To the son of eyebrows from Breaking Bad. Uh-huh. So I feel like if they reproduce, they will they will have a, a child with an average amount of eyebrow. Probably so. Maybe they're trying to correct the bloodline. They're trying to get it back under control. Yeah, I don't know that that's her goal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it would certainly happen. You're Simone, right. Simone, that's her name, Simone. Simone. Uh, her mom is creepy. Yeah. She's got cameras watching them in their bedroom while yeah. they make love, presumably make love. Uh, well, okay, so let's let's talk about that. Actually, he might have been raped in this scenario. I'm not totally sure. <laughs> I didn't hear him give consent. I didn't either. All we know is it's over in exactly two minutes and 49 seconds. <laughs> the real-time format of the show, not incredibly <laughs> flattering to this man's stand no, And that's including foreplay. Like, yeah, like half of that is unbuttoning his shirt. She's got to get him. She's got to get access to his genitals. She has to do something to his genitals, and then they have to kind of got to get him buttoned up and looking like someone killed their cat, all in two minutes and forty nine seconds. It could yeah. be that he just told her to fuck off. Yeah, but that's yeah. not the implication that we got from the beginning of Sexy Times. They both had all of their clothes off, so it, at the very least, it got to that point. Mm. So I don't know. Interesting. So he's like a 30-second man, maybe a one-minute man if we're being generous. Yeah. So good luck with that. Yeah, Catelyn is very creepy. Her whole taking him away and explaining how the power of the pussy can be used as a weapon of war. Yeah. How you can't hold this against her. You can't hold it against me. He seems to be having a problem, but not not with that. This guy is a a terrorist with a heart of gold and a stanima of an especially randy rabbit. <laughs> he doesn't like the idea of killing innocent women, men, and children. Yeah. So good on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Simone has no problems. In fact, she said, hey, I killed a dude easier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. What do you think the husband's role in this whole scenario is? Because it looks like they have another computer hacker there. Yeah. Uh, just random dude X is no, going to convert the USB bus. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Convert the <laughs> non-standard bus in an right. hour. Uh, he, eh, maybe. Controversially, maybe. controversially, the uh, Predator drones all talk over Visa Local Bus. <laughs> okay. Because these systems are all stuck in the early 90s, and you know how military yep. systems go. They've all been hardened and, and approved. And, uh, so do but, you yeah, have that's any her, That's, that's any her brother. Idea? Yeah, but her husband, what what is his role? I feel like he was a mid to high level flunky in Catelyn Stark's terrorist husband's cell. Okay. And that her daughter fell in love with him and they got married and it was like one of those But he clearly tale. he has a part to play in this because she's getting him riled up here. I think he's going to be so in every season of 24, there's always mole. There's always at least one mole, sometimes several. Mm, in the terrorist cell? People, well, no. There's also anti-moles. Okay. There's right. the people in the terrorist cell that fuck things up or have a last-minute change of heart or especially soft. Jack Bauer can turn them with a speech about, <laughs> you know, you're better than this. This isn't war. This is killing men and ch- this is killing women and children. 
<laughs> you yeah. didn't sign up for this. And the guy kind of like won't meet his gaze, and he tells him what he needs to know. Yep. I think this 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 is the softy anti mole. Okay. It seems that the chief president's chief of staff, mm. Mark Brewer or whatever his name is, Audrey's new husband. Yeah. It seems like he is the leader, and he's got the pole. He's got the mole position at the very the pole, least. The, the mole pole <laughs> position. Mole pole. Uh, at the very least. He's forging the president's signature, and and, and <laughs> believes he's completely in the right to do it, and then no one will uh, spot it. Well, the thing is, it's like forging a signature is hard. Mm-hmm. I I don't think this guy has got enough practice that he can just do it. Forging so, a signature is hard unless you forge it every time. Maybe the president has never actually signed a piece of paper. She's like, it's yeah, his... like, yeah, Mark, you know, go ahead and sign for me. <laughs> you know, I expected as the president of the United States to have to sign more stuff. Right. I don't I think I've signed sign... anything since I, mean, I came I, into office. I know we've passed several laws. <laughs> several bills have been passed a law, but I haven't signed shit. <laughs> I haven't signed a credit card receipt at a restaurant. My God. Yep. No, he seems to be, he's got the pole mole position because mm-hmm. he seems very, very shady. He's lying. He's... Signing documents that he doesn't want anybody to see. But he's also giving good political advice. Like sure. The last thing that President President Lloyd Bridges needs to do is go in front of British Parliament to get torn to pieces. Right after a drone strike. Yeah, that's silly. I mean, even even if Stephen Fry is your opening act, uh-huh. it, it's, it's, I mean, that's a strong opening act. He needed to do a set. He I needed think. to do like a warm up set, like five yeah. ten minutes, get the crowd pumped up, <laughs> get him drinking, get him laughing, get him softened up for the president. But the president was just phew, he's bombing. Yep, deer in the headlights. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else we need to talk about. There's something with Chloe. So a couple of people died yes. in Chloe's past, and I don't know who they are. I'm assuming they're from previous seasons. So I remember Morris, her ex husband, because he was introduced in season five. Uh, and then he also had a larger part in season six, but I did not finish that season. And I don't know if in season seven or eight, I feel like in one of the seasons she was pregnant. Hmm. So I'm guessing that she she mentions Morris and Preska. I'm assuming that that uh, is her little boy or girl, and okay. she had a like a real deer in the mo- in the headlights moment when she saw a, a a couple that kind of looked like them. Yeah. And it caused. And she missed the spy coming out of the subway. Yeah, it caught it caused her to miss uh, minimum eyebrows, girl. Yeah, it's a shame. Jack's not going to be pleased about that. No, do you think that's like a one and done thing, or do you think? And apparently, Morris is dead. Yeah, I don't feel like that's one and done. Yeah, that doesn't feel like a one and done plot thread. Anybody listening wants to give us any background on. Morris other than what we know because again I didn't see season 7 and 8 so I'm really in the dark about her love life and how that ended up and whether I mean did he die on camera yeah um, or or what well they had to say how he died so I'm assuming he didn't oh I guess that's true I assume that that was just because I don't think that I think it'd be wise if they would assume that not everybody is up yeah. on 24 it's been off for years true so I, whenever they kind of explain something like that, I think, well, is it because this has happened in the last four years they've been off air, or is it because they want to make sure we we know about it? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, also, do you think that they'll ever, in the previously ons, do you think they'll ever go back into do some deep cuts? Hmm. Like, it would have been interesting if they had seen previously on, and they would show them, like, flashback to season five or six, where Morris and yeah, Chloe yeah. are together. Like, this is my hus- ex-husband, Morris. 
I don't know. We're estranged. That would have been back interesting, together. though. You're right. I mean, that could quickly turn into a five-minute package. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, that was one of the other hallmarks of 24. Towards the end of the season, some of those previously has got to be epic. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that we're just about at towards the end of what we want to talk about. Uh, sure. One other question we had is what role Heller's daughter, uh, Audrey, has to play in his administration. She was some sort of senior analyst when she was first introduced to the show. Obviously, her, her dad's the president. Her husband's the chief of staff. So she's mm-hmm. she got just a, like an honorary bigwig type insider role does she actually do quantums of work i'm i'm really not sure do people report to her does she report to people it seems to be all she does is talk to people try to give try to get them uh on board with the plan Mm. not sure do you how long do you think that minimum eyebrows will be having that scar on her thigh because the other hallmark, of, another of the hallmarks of 24 is in people with Wolverine levels of he- healing mm-hmm. capacity. Like people just get the shit beat out of them. And three <laughs> hours later, they're leading a commando raid on some terrorist safe house. Well, if she's alive that long, I think I'm going to say 6 p.m. is the cutoff. Okay. Everything after 6 p.m., she's going to be mostly healed. That's true. It feels like they're they're just running through a lot of people. Do you think Catelyn Stark will be a whole season long threat? I think so. It seems like she's the impetus for the entire other side of this that is yeah. not the the government, the U.S. government. It's just weird to have her introduce this early because usually when we have a season big bad, you know, we kind of work our way up the organization until it's revealed that you know you don't get yeah. to see, you don't get to see like Dennis Hopper. It was the big bad from season one until well into the the, the day. Sure. Uh, we had some interesting Facebook commentary. Um, yeah, I mean, it could be that the chief of staff is the big bad as well. Like you said, there's he's definitely suspicious, and he's doing things he probably shouldn't. Um, so if she's not the big bad, and then she could die, and we wouldn't, quote-unquote, know about the big bad until later on when the chief of staff reveals himself to be evil. But the big bad, I mean, I have a hard time when I find out if the the inside mole, I mean, you had people like Nina who had some vested interest and some secret connection to the big bad. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they were genuinely evil, but most of the time it's more like they're power hungry or they have a other agenda or they don't agree with what's going on at the administration. It's very rarely that you have a mustache twirling type of guy. So I wonder if he just genuinely cares about this agenda and getting the drones in, and he's trying to do things to keep the lid on that and keep it moving forward. It is weird how sketchy he is about Jack Bauer, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, Is the president's daughter aware that Jack Bauer is being chased down at this point? I don't think... Think I think so. it's just everybody at CTU. I think right? he's. I think he's kept the the lid on, and I don't even know that CTU. I thought it's CIA. Oh, you're right. It is CIA. Yeah. Hmm. CTU is okay. LA only. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Um, John D from fa- on Facebook wanted us to rank on a believability scale the open, uh, the the uh, the ease the open cell has accessing government computer and surveillance systems. Oh. A scale of. Uh, let's put this on a scale of 
an ATM phishing device to uploading an alien virus in Independence Day using a MacBook. <laughs> Where on that scale are we with believability? We're only slightly below the alien virus. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like some of those systems are so closed, like they might not even be hooked up to the internet. Sure. You might have to go to a physical location to alter those files. Mm-hmm. And then I guess I don't know how you distributed them. So they have to be. Everything's got to be on the internet. That's scary. But yeah. yeah. I mean, if if it was that easy, because this doesn't seem like an especially well-funded group. Mm-mm. If it's and that easy, like there would be people with funding and skills just causing havoc all the time. Yeah, we know that the Chinese government is doing this right now. Yeah, no, there is a there is a cyber, some sort of cyber yeah. warfare going on with with elements in 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 China versus the U.S. government. Probably Russians Russia, are involved at this yep. point. Uh, there are a whole lot of hackers out there w- way better funded than these guys. Uh, they do have Chloe. I think that helps them quite a bit. I mean, she's seen a lot of these systems before. Uh, not a Jurassic Park reference. But <laughs> but she's able to help them out, I think, quite a bit. Right. Uh, Somebody on Facebook was wondering if we might invent a 24 drinking game. Oh, boy. I think that's a great idea. Maybe we can get it started and we can hear from some fan feedback on what would be maximum maximum efficiency to get hammered. It's actually Mike G. Uh, I feel like anytime someone gets tortured... I was going to say, anytime someone asks a question and then immediately resorts to physical violence when it's not answered... Okay. Just I- like... I think that's torture. Who does number torture. two work for? Right. I'm not saying boom. Right, right. So any anytime, uh, it's kind of torture. Yeah, anytime physical coercion is involved, anytime someone's threatened, threat. Oh God, you're gonna be really drunk at the end of this. <laughs> uh, let's say anytime Jack Bauer shouts something. <laughs> oh no! Is that too broad? Wait until he gets into British Parliament. Then any it's time game the, over. <laughs> any time the president has a vacant look on his face. Okay. Uh, I feel like you get you ought to drink every time you see the di- the twenty four digital clock. It depends. What are we drinking? Well, uh, that's if, the if thing. If it's beer, I, you could probably get away with that. If, I'm just throwing out like suggestions. Well, then we got to mm, decide whether it's it a sip, if it's two sips, three sips, or you you dra- you down your beverage. Okay. Uh, and I haven't got to. I'm just throwing out like. Uh, Things that would trigger, yeah, the it, drinking. It'll it'll gel over the next few episodes. I feel like anytime a gun a, a gun is fired. Oh god, because that's fairly that doesn't happen like every episode. He fired it twice this episode. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Two people. There's got a lot leg. of gunplay last episode. Maybe this would. I, and I don't want people to get alcohol poisoning. No, no. Hmm. All right. Well, we'll mull that over. Yeah. See what we can come up with. Let's come up. Uh, get get some suggestions to us. And... Aim to have a solid drinking game by the next podcast. Okay, I can do that. Anything else you want to talk about? No, that's it. Okay, if you would like to send feedback, the best place to do it is to tweet it at Jim on Twitter, at BaldMove, or uh, get into our live show threads, or they're not really live show threads, they're show show threads on Facebook.com slash BaldMove. You can also email us at 24 at BaldMove.com, but since we're doing like uh, the half-ass podcast format, I don't know how much email we're going to be reading. Uh, Thank you for listening. We will see you again on Monday night and have the podcast out to you again on Wednesday. And until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See you then.